408 drive time with Russia. So glad to have you hanging out with us on this rainy man. Anybody else this morning? Wasn't it weird? Right around six o'clock this morning, I wake up and just the rain pounding against the house. You're like, what is going on? It's February 8th. I don't know. It's uh, strange. As much as I don't really care for the cold weather. Mid-30s, I think it's going to restore a little bit of equilibrium to our lives. I'm ready. I'm ready for, like, sort of normal-ish February weather. Will I be complaining about the cold next week? Yes, 100%. 100%. Will you be enjoying the warmth of Fort Myers the week after? Also, yes. yes. Is that the week where there's potential snow? I think so. Oh, what a shame. That is a bummer, isn't it? What what, what was the snowstorm we missed last year when we were 20 inches. 20 inches. Yeah. yeah. Boy, I'm surprised my wife let me go back to Fort Myers <laughs> after that last year. It is uh, Thursday, and it's time, thanks to the Minnesota Pork Board, for Derusha Eats. Sometimes we like to bring other writers and other voices in the food community in. Sometimes we have chefs, we have farmers, we have bartenders. And today we have uh, Ali Alabadi, who also goes by Egypto Knuckles. Word. Very sort of badass, you know? You know. Can I say that on the radio? Was that all right? You just did. Okay. Sometimes I forget. I'm like, I don't know what the rules are. All good. Uh, Ali, it's so great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. What, I appreciate you. you. You've done so many different things in the food space. You've uh, been a freelance writer, a podcaster, a radio host, yeah, video producer. Yeah. What is it that got you into food? Um, to be honest, I've done music writing for the past like 20 years, to be honest with you. And like my food writing kind of came by fluke. Mm. So yeah. to speak, uh, in about 2019, I did like a live Twitter thread for some odd reason or another uh, when Trader Joe's released an Arab dessert to the masses <laughs> via their supermarket aisle. Yeah. And uh, Sarah Brumble, big shouts out to Sarah Brumble over at City Pages, um, noticed what I did and she was like, hey, how would you like to write about it? And that kind of st- sparked the uh, initial journey. Isn't that crazy? The power of social media to oh, have yeah. someone get discovered in that way. Yeah, it's a it's a wild discovery, but yeah. you know, I'm happy for it. She saw the talent in me early on and kept encouraging me to write and like really express honest feelings regarding like food and the food scene in particular. So, how was that Trader Joe's uh, item they released? If you're in a pinch, it's great. But if you're trying to seek like mom's homemade like, yeah. Arab desserts, like that you're gonna it. be missing the mark. Right. Right. Uh, Ali Alabadi is with us. We're talking food here in the Twin Cities scene. And just this morning when you and I were chatting about what we wanted to talk about today, there has been a lot of action, sort of new restaurants opening up. No question. And one of the restaurants that uh, you've been interested in, based on some of the writing you've done before, is uh, a restaurant called Dario. Yes. Which just opened in the North Loop. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Rachel McLeod of uh, Cornelius Pasta Company, who's been doing artisanal pasta for a while now, um, I knew through I knew her through mutual friends of mine and stuff like that, and participated in the pasta drops during the pandemic and stuff like that. And she was making just like, and you say artisanal, yeah, like it is artisanal. It's oh, yeah. an emphasis on the art. Like yeah. her pasta is gorgeous, and the fact that it's like it's treated with like, a, if you remember the Common Roots Cafe over on uh, over on Lindale and stuff like that. The fact that all the ingredients come within like a 500 mile radius and stuff like that within the state as far as that's concerned is uncanny for a pasta maker it's crazy 
you know? And it's so delicious. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What, when you look at the restaurant scene here in the Twin Cities. Yeah. If you had your way, are there are there types of food or types of restaurants that you think were missing? You know, I wouldn't say that it's missing, so to speak, but I'd say more so when it comes to the food scene in particular, there's a lot of focus on what's new, what's hot, what's trendy and things yes. of that nature. And I'm a kid who, you know, I've grow, grown up in Minnesota all my life. My parents immigrated here from Egypt in the mid-70s and stuff like that. So Where'd you grow up? What's... I grew I grew up in St. Paul, so yeah. United Hospital, Highland Park, shout out. You nice. know what I'm saying? Nice. Um, so, like, you know, growing up in that area, it got me really familiarized with, like, the restaurants around the area and, like, being a city kid and knowing what was around my area. So, like, you know going to the U of M as a college kid and going to Caspian Bistro, which is like an oh. Iranian market and yes. restaurant. Very underrated. Like you don't hear much about that place. You know, you know, and like, or on the West Bank with Dilla Ethiopian, you know, where else are you going to find good Ethiopian food on the West Bank? You know what I'm saying? So. Do you think things have gotten uh, better as far as having like more of a re- representation of, of, you know, you look at the population we have around here for yes. a long time, like it sort of felt like, uh, you know, those restaurants, I, I always struggle with this. Restaurants that get treat, kind of put in this bucket of like, well, that's ethnic food. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, the talent and the dedication and the heart yeah. is at the same level or greater than any of the acclaimed type restaurants. You know, it's interesting not only like how it's looked at as ethnic food, but then like as like certain crazes start to come along, tend to get reappropriated back into the healthy vegan hmm. given like a certain buzzword you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. as far as that's concerned with all the labels that we're we're facing around with like gluten-free yeah. vegan you know what i'm saying like that type of that type of stuff as far as that's concerned and like it's interesting to see the come around on that as far as that's concerned uh ali alabadi is with us uh content creator music critic food writer uh overrated overrated do you have do you have certain places where you're like i don't get the hype you know i wouldn't say like places that don't deserve certain hype because i i I do certain things around that as far as that's concerned and like enjoy what they do but like the places where it's like you gotta like in its initial opening like wait two weeks to get a reservation things of that nature it's not for me I kind of like to. I don't see, like to wait either. I, I'm kind of like the person that wants to see consistency over yeah. the newness. It's you know harder out there, isn't it, to be consistent because staffing is so difficult. Mm-hmm. I think I worry about that when I give a recommendation. Right? Oh, yeah. Like four years ago, I was confident if I told you to go to a place, it was going to be good. Today, mm-hmm. I am nervous because mm-hmm. you feel like it was great. When it opened or it was great when I went there, like I try to go two weeks or three weeks after it's opened. Yeah. But then you don't know. You just don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like at the same time when you're looking for that consistency, that's where you got to see diversity in the food market and restaurant market in particular. Like, you know, someone brought up a really great point on Twitter about like the fact that the suburbs have such untapped potential for like regular restaurants that have been consistent since Mm. the day they've opened and 
haven't really changed as far as their audience is concerned. They may get somewhat of a steady lunch crowd, but for the most part, it's kind of like bupkis when it comes to like the more popular and trendy restaurants that are kind of like popping up on the scene and the hot new thing with the new chef and doing it a totally different take and things of that nature. You know, I find more consistency in Mims Cafe over on Como more than I do, and not, and this is not a knock to them because yeah, I started right. writing about them at the beginning, like Baba's over on Lindale, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Baba's has been at it and doing their thing and stuff like that, and they're kind of kids that came out of that suburb, of a, yeah, they kind of came out of that suburban restaurant scene where their father opened up Mediterranean Cruise. They got used to working in the doldrums, working in that kitchen, and knowing all the ins and outs and what staffing looks like and things of that nature to help like really create a modernized product that kind of like carries their father's tradition with them in honor, as opposed to like kind of like being like, okay, this is the new way we're going to spin it. You know what I'm saying? It's really interesting to think about. Yeah. I mean, a lot of time, one of the things we try to do with this segment is bring people on who are not like, who just are interesting people. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily uh, the new, the hot thing. Yeah. Because I worry, like, there are people listening right now who are in Mankato yeah. or New Prague yeah. who might drive in to go to a place that's like, well, I don't want to send you. You know, a lot of people don't go out as much as you go out or as I go out. Yeah. And so those, those, your money's precious. Absolutely. And I think like in addition to that, your time is precious mm. and the quality of the food that you get as well as the people that you're surrounded with all play an important factor into how that time and how that dinner yeah. is spent together. You know what I'm saying? I think like, you know, you can look at the food as like a component, but it's just one component. Like the table you're surrounded with, the company that you're surrounded with, the laughs that are exchanged, like the conversations yeah. that are had. That's what's important. Uh. It's so true. It's so underrated, that part. Yeah. And sometimes you can have a great experience at a restaurant, and you have to step back and think about it. It's like, was it because, like, the people I was with were so awesome? Yeah. Like, sometimes, yes. Sometimes that's it. Ali Alabadi is with us. You can follow him on Twitter or X at Egypto Knuckles. Yes, indeed. Which I'll have you explain what that means when we come back. One texture is mad that I asked you to say an overrated restaurant. <laughs> sort of, a, it is sort of a mean question. It's okay. Put you on the spot. You you could you could have uh, turned it around on me. That could, would have been the move. I could have, but like at the same time, you know what? I mean, like I don't. I think in the economy that we're in, as well as post pandemic landscape, to sit here and like badmouth a restaurant, it's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, I like that. You're a nice person. I try. I could learn a few lessons from this. 419, <laughs> back in just a minute with more Derusha Eats here on CCO. Uh, your text always welcome at 651-461-9226. If you have any questions for our guest, Ali Alabadi, who joins us. Uh, it is funny that, like, we haven't, like, this is the first time we've actually had a conversation. I'm sure we've yes. been in the same room before, right? Yep, Probably. Absolutely. Yeah, we met each other, if I remember correctly, we met each other at the Northrop King Building about... Pre-COVID times during Art of World, you exchanged oh, a shake of the hand with me. Oh, yes. And so, oh like, uh, it, was, it was really cool to see you in person then. Have you noticed a big change in kind of what it's like to go to restaurants as we've come out of COVID? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. What? How so? What I've noticed more so is just, like, the more so the emphasis on, like, the uh, kind of, like, reservation restrictions mm. that are kind of, like, wh- whether you're going through Resi or one of these apps. Yeah. As far as that's concerned is, like, very much a little bit more rigid. Yes. So I was talking to a, a guy who works at a very popular restaurant right now. Mm-hmm. 
And he said one of his challenges is that in Minnesota, there's no sort of shared language uh, to invite people to get the heck out of their table and leave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That it's very difficult to know, like, all right, at what point, like how long, if you make a reservation at a Mm -hmm. restaurant Mm -hmm. on a Friday or Saturday, like on a Tuesday, you should be able to sit there as long as you want. Yeah. If you go on a Friday or Saturday, how long do you think until they, they, uh, you wouldn't be mad if they tell you, hey, got another reservation. You if, you're, go. if you're bringing like six people as like a married couple's adventure type thing, you're going to be shutting down the restaurant straight up and yeah, down. Yeah, you probably are, right? Yeah. Whereas if you're a bunch of single adults, you're going to come in, do the Chris Rock thing where you eat for an hour and a half and leave because you've got things to do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's tricky. Like I, I personally, I would not be offended if after – like 90 minutes seems pretty short to me. Yeah. Two hours? At two hours, if you asked me to leave, I'd be like, totally get it. Yeah. That would be fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, like, there's so many dynamics that play into that. Like, what's the staffing level look like? What, like, mm. you know, if you're going to eat for two hours at a place like Natter Persian Restaurant over on the West Bank, kind of next door to the Weenery, yeah. they're a husband and wife that runs the show and there's only five tables. So, like, your hour and a half and t- or two. Maybe a little bit longer than usual as that's far fair, as that's yeah. concerned. You better be ordering a lot of stuff if oh, you're yeah. going to take up that table that without, long. Without question. Yeah. It is It is difficult. Like I find myself, and I think it's good, You, I find myself as a guest like trying to be more thoughtful mm-hmm. uh, because there has been a shift from the idea that the guest is always right. And I also think Which like, is good because sometimes the guest is just being a jerk. That that's the other part of it that plays into the dynamic for me. Like if you're if you're coming to a restaurant and you're eating for two hours, I'm always with the Bourdain method. I'm treating the wait staff really special, very nice because like yes. you know, you catch more catch more bees with honey <laughs> than you do with like, you know, stinging as far as that's concerned. So like for me, I'm being extra courteous to the wait staff to make sure that I'm expressing stuff clearly and stuff like that. Whereas there are some that will come in two hours, leave no tip, like sit and be rude to the wait staff, yeah. you know, try to give all these special restrictions and stuff like that. You know, you see a meal ticket like as like a busboy or a bar back and you're just like, what the heck is this table doing? You know? Yeah, yeah so. exactly. All right. It's time to pick a question. All right. Give me a number between one and 38. Ooh. Um, you know, let's go with uh, 25. 25. Why what not? is the food you crave most often? The food I crave most often. You know, a really good sandwich is, yeah. is like my go-to. I feel like we're in like a little bit of a sandwich renaissance right now. You know, I was seeing it a lot when I was in New Orleans just this past November. Like mm-hmm. I went to a spot called Francolini's over in New Orleans. It's like a Jersey-style deli spot oh, as far as that's concerned. Cool. And the sandwiches they have there, like they had a sandwich with chicken cutlets and broccoli rabe and a hot pepper sauce. Oh, my God. What's your favorite sandwich in town? My favorite sandwich in town? Ooh. Ah, God, there's so many. But, um, you know, a Cafferty's Chicken Philly is, oh. is like what hits home for me. <laughs> Straight up. Kind of college memories for oh, you there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like, it was, like, really interesting to take friends to Cafferty's, like, on the late night as far yeah. as that's concerned and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So Mario's in St. Paul, I think, might be my number one right now. I got to hit that up. It's really good. Although South Lindale Liquors, oh. that's another sneaky uh, sandwich counter. Ooh. Really, really good. Yeah. All right, pick another number. You get one more, one more from the random question generator. 
You know, uh, let's go with 15. Why Number not? 15. Best thing you ate this week. The best thing I ate this week. It's uh, Thursday. You have a lot of lot to choose from, I hope. Absolutely. Um, you know, whenever my parents decide to make stuffed grape leaves and cabbage rolls, oh. that's that, that speaks to my heart. So, oh. like, that, that was literally the best thing I had on Sunday. My mom, I helped her get, you know, small zucchinis and cabbage rolls and the whole nine. Mm. We sat as a family and rolled those things up, and like they were cigars from Cuba, put them in the oven to kind of like let, let them stew and rest for a bit, and then enjoyed them. Is there a restaurant uh, that comes closest to like your your mom's cooking? Ooh, um, the closest one to me is Mims Cafe, without question. Mims Cafe. Mims yeah. Cafe is like close to like my heart as far as that's concerned, just because like. I spend so like they know me by name, like they know my family, like everything my oh, family's I love been that. up to, and yeah. like in addition to that, their food is just downright delicious. Like I can leave there with a mixed grill special any time of the week, and I will not be the least bit disappointed. It's like counter service, really modest, wonderful food. Absolutely, and it's family run. So yeah, I can't deny that. It's St. Paul, right on Cleveland. Yes, uh, indeed. If people are curious, give me a, a, two more of your favorite restaurants in town before two. we go. Two more of my favorites. Um, I got to say two more of my favorites. Um, Caspian Bistro, obviously, over on University. Like uh, the Bastani for dessert is you got to make sure to order the Bastani for dessert when you're there as far as that's concerned. It's their Persian ice cream done yes. with saffron and pistachios. Caspian is awesome. Right by the University of Minnesota. Yes, across indeed. from the tea house. It's amazing. It's incredible. So and then, good. And then lastly, if I, if I got to pick like, you know – Given the renaissance of breakfast options that are kind of rising in the Twin Cities, I gotta I gotta say Al's is still hitting home with oh, me. Oh, I like that. Al's, Al's it's so good. Al's for the Jose with the hash browns and the yes. homemade salsa and the cheddar with the two poached eggs. The Jose is the correct answer. I'm the happiest camper in the world. So good, Ali. You were terrific. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. I follow, appreciate it. follow him on Twitter. Oh, I I said I was going to ask you what Egypto Knuckles was. Ah, okay. I'll I'll give the quick rundown. Egypto, Egypt for short, my parents' country of origin, which is where I humbly come from. Knuckles is actually in tribute to Frankie Knuckles, the club DJ who I used to see on all the CD Maxi single remixes for Tony Braxton, Mariah Carey, and stuff like that. So I took the Knuckles as a surname when I started to DJ. And like one of the things I used to do when I stunt DJed was like I'd put my knuckle on a record and kind of rotate it like a quarter turn to make it seem like I was scratching the record really ah. fast. There, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Ali, thank you. Thank this you. This was really me. fun. Very Appreciate good. Appreciate it. Uh, 431, that's DeRussia Eats in just a minute. The head of the downtown council, Adam Dunnick, will come in, probably to call all you guys who are working from home a bunch of losers. That's, I'm pretty sure. Is that what he's doing? We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out. I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess that's not the tag. That Adam's, it might be the tact I'm taking, though. We'll be right back.